dua because Allah is the changer of the hearts. So with that, Brother Azmet, are you ready? And then I will let you take over. Oh, sure. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Thank you for uh, doing this. You know, uh, I've been on Clubhouse and enjoying meeting uh, and listening to a lot of folks who are really concerned with the Muslim community. And I hear a lot of other rooms, you know, there are so many rooms to avoid. And there are a few gem rooms, mashallah, clubs that Sister Zakia has set up, uh, Sister Farhat Amin, I've really enjoyed and learned a lot from them. And then there's some other brothers that are doing rooms as well. And so I've joined two clubs. One is the um, Muslim Parents and Spouses Club and the Muslim Singles Club, just because I have uh, older children that are now, we're having a lot of discussions about marriage and Islam and um, you know how to find a spouse. So those are the two clubs I'm a part of. Um, um, I'm a regular dude. I'm not a scholar. Uh, I have I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, so I have been privileged with being able to sit in conferences and attend conferences for the last twenty five years. And so, um, alhamdulillah, I I feel like uh, I I've learned, and I'm just a good note taker. I take notes for my teachers, so everything I say is for my teachers. And just to give you a little bit of background, you know, I moved to Saudi Arabia when I was a teenager in high school, and I had a teacher who, for the first time in my life, he spoke to us not like children. He spoke to us like adults, and he was a convert. He was learning Arabic. He was he was learning uh, to be a sheikh, to be an imam. He was learning sacred ilm, but at the same time, he was also uh, with a sheikh who was doing exorcisms out in the desert, and um, uh, you know, he would come back, and mashallah, he would not he would tell us stories and things like that that was going on that he would witness sometimes he would be shaken up and so kind of my personality and my interest became very formed by those kinds of things it was a little bit of what children are very uh, attracted to which is the study of the occult and the study of um the study of things that are you know in the ghaib and and you know secret knowledge things like that and i also told us a little story about um, i had a rock album named dio and I was very proud of the fact that if you turn the word upside down, it had the word devil in it, you know, and I was proud of the fact that I had this album, but my, child, my, my, my parents didn't have this, didn't know anything about the album. They didn't know anything about the secret message that was there. And as a child, you kind of want to be, feel like you're really smart. And Audhu Billah, it's, it's a very terrible quality of children, but it also allows them to grow, is to feel like you have one-upped something on your parents. Um, so I tell those two stories because, um, you know, I did, I have studied uh, religion, uh, interfaith religion and comparative religion with the, with the sheikh. I've studied aqidah, but I've also dabbled in studying Satanism, studied, uh, you know, this whole Freemason thing that's going on. And I spent quite a few hours sometimes uh, doing this stuff over my life. Um, and some of these things start to affect you in a way that you start seeing things. And um, Disney is no no exception. Disney stuff is, if you start seeing it, you actually see it everywhere. And so this is not something that's crazy, crazy uh, stuff that you can't go and see. I'm not making it up, um, but I am going to start bringing it to light so that parents can be aware. Um, and my number one, my, my number one um, guidance in this room today for parents and would-be parents is not to let your children consume this stuff by themselves. That's the number one issue. Um, and there's going to be many, many reasons here, but that was, would, would be the thing is that make it family time, watch what they're consuming, understand how the effect it has on their brains, and understand how powerful it can potentially be if you don't talk to them afterwards. 
Um, you know, I can witness something that I think is violent, but for a child to witness the same thing, we're both witnessing the same thing, it can be very, very deeply traumatic. Um, and it's happened to me before. I've, I've witnessed something on television and my parents were like, wow, that was really bad. And I was terrified, completely terrified to the point where two, three nights, um, I, I had nightmares about it. And so the children are absorbing something with you. You're, you're still not absorbing it the way they're absorbing it. Um, so alhamdulillah, I wanted to, to start with a, a couple of little, little tidbits of knowledge that I have from my teacher. He's a master of six languages um, and uh, also a PhD in comparative religion. And uh, him and I have a passion for talking about this stuff. So he told me that the Hollywood is actually named after a stick. It's a hollow piece of wood that is a wand. And the Hollywood is, um, uh, comes from a very, very ancient time before Hazrat Isa. And it's, it's, it's made of kuk wood. And kuk wood is the same wood that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to uh, Hazrat Nuh to, to, to build the ark with. It's considered the first uh, piece of wood, that first tree that grew on the earth. And it has an air quality. It has uh, air, air and bubbles in it, so it floats. And that's why Noah used it for his ark. And that's why um, kuk wood is also uh, used as Hollywood, because it has air in it. And then when the, when the Hollywood stick, the stick, the wand that's called Hollywood is tapped, um, the, the, my teacher told me that they utter the words abracadabra. And every child knows that you, know, you utter the words abracadabra for spells and incantations. A lot of Disney movies have it as well. But abracadabra literally means, in, in, in an ancient language, it literally means, with my words, I will make it so. With my words, I will make it so. So basically, when you're doing abracadabra and you're tapping a stick and playing with a wand, you're using a Hollywood and you are uh, basically doing shirk. You're, you're basically saying, I am able to do kun fayakun. I am able to do with myself. I have the power to, with my words, make things happen. And that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power. So this is something that uh, I learned and I wanted to share with you guys. So that's a little bit of a tidbit. Um, so, um, I, you know, I covered a little bit about me, about why I'm talking about this topic. I'm very uh, passionate about it. Uh, the other thing I would say is that the, 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 the head of the Church of Satan, there was a Church of Satan that was quite popular in the 70s, and they brought this guy on television. And I remember watching him when, when I was a kid. His name was Antoine, Antoine LaVey. And he was on a TV program, like the Merv Griffin pro program, kind of like a, a late-night TV show. And he, they asked him, they said, what's the most powerful force for you to recruit members into your church of Satan. And he said, it's for the children and it's television. It's for the children and it's television. They said, do you let your children, you know, Allah, this guy, church of Satan is a father. Do you, do you let your children watch television? He said, absolutely not. My children do not watch television. They don't have a television in their home. So the church, the leader of the church of Satan uh, is basically using the recruiting tool of television and he's keeping his children away from it. So he wants to protect his children. You know, I don't know what the, what the deal is, but uh, I thought I would share those two points before we walk in, we, we get into this um, thing about, about, about Disney. So um, uh, Disney is named after Walt Disney. There's, if you go on Amazon, there's tons and tons of books written about this, uh, this, this childhood magical genius man who came up with this magical world of Disney. And um, some of the un unauthorized biographies 
talk about, um, you know, Hib as a man. Uh, a lot of his stories have been covered up, but, um, you know, he made four black and white films with a uh, young girl at the time. She was between 11 and 13 years old. She was his protege, and I watched a few clips of them. They were on YouTube. It's hard to watch them now because they get removed, but one of the people that was making the argument was showing that he was making movies with an 11 to 12... Th 11 to 13 year old girl as his feature artist and they were highly highly sexualized with her she was acting like a grown woman uh she was uh the main character she was always winning all the arguments and you know he was a terrible filmmaker those films did not were not successful but he hit a home run he made he also had a vision for cartoons and motion uh motion animation and he created a uh, method to match sound and visuals and he created in 1937 he created this landmark movie called Steamboat Willie and Steamboat Willie is really about a mouse who's who's riding on a steamboat and there's a song going and he's ab actually able to see him whistle and dance to the music in time with animation and uh you know and the steamboat also is able to toot a tune and so the magical part about this was that he was able to create images that were matched with in time with tunes. And um, in 1937, he came out with Steamboat Willie. And of course, Willie was then changed to Mickey Mouse because of course, they're very, very good at branding. Um, so I, I, I wanted to cover those two points. That's kind of a little bit background. And then the people who live, who worked in uh, Walt Disney's house, there was, a, there was a lot of money put into making Walt Disney look like a family man because he was actually you know, a part of an empire that was catering to children. But people at that time, Allahu Alam, uh, I'll just share what, what they said is that Walt Disney did not spend much time in his family home. He did not spend much time as a family man. Uh, he was heard walking through the house, through the, through the houses at night, uh, screaming and in terror. And he spent most of his time away from his family in his studio. So that family man facade was not really accurate for him. Um, I did want to talk about some of the hidden messages um, that that are in, uh, in in Disney movies, and I wanted to talk about a couple of Disney movies. So the first thing that is in um, Disney movies that you'll notice, uh, and and this is this is I'll summarize this at the end because I think this is what will give practical tips for parents, is that what you notice in the Disney movies or the older Disney movies is that there is some form of parental trauma. Um, so Cinderella doesn't have her mom and her father is neglectful. He's remarried and the, the stepmom and her two daughters are, you know, priority in the home. And uh, the same issue goes with Snow White. Uh, she's married a queen. Uh, he, her, her father has married a queen. He's nowhere in the movie to be found. So not only has she gone through the trauma of losing a mother, she has a neglectful father who has married someone else evil who, and the father isn't concerned with that. Um, this happens, uh, tra the trauma of losing the parents is actually a prevailing theme in so many movies. I, I went to list them and I was actually shocked at how long my list came. I went to Wikipedia and did it. And um, the list was uh, pretty long. These are parental deaths and, and serious trauma that children are ingesting when they're watching these movies. So uh, parental deaths, Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Bambi, Dumbo, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King. Um, in The Lion King, he actually gets to witness his father and he, and he, and he sits by his father's uh, dead body for an extended period of time in the movie. Uh, but he gets to witness his father die. 
Uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame obviously is a hunchback, so he's cast out. He has no parents. Uh, Nemo has no mother. Uh, the movie Brother Bear, which my children and I really enjoyed, um, you know, Brother Bear is taking a brother taking care of his, his little brother, Bear. Um, Tangled, uh, the, the girl Rapunzel with the long hair is actually taken away from her parents. So she's essentially an orphan as, and is lost. She doesn't know where she is. Uh, Frozen, you know, um, Elsa has to take care of her, her, her younger sister. And I wrote down Moana, but I was actually wrong about Moana. So that's quite a long list of, of trauma of parents being lost. Um, and I will, I will uh, make another point is that, you know, the neglect is, is very, very severe as well. So when you have a parent that you lost and everything goes into the second parent because the second parent has to do two jobs. And then you see that the parent, the other parent has no involvement or brings someone cruel into your life. I think that's a second trauma. It's almost a sledgehammer on top of a sledgehammer. So like I said, we're watching this as adults, but the way that children are ingesting this and what's going into their brains is, is very, very serious. And, you know, Bambi gets to watch his, uh, his, his, um, his parents be lost. Um, Dumbo is actually quite interesting because when Dumbo's mom dies, um, the other mothers that are there kind of debate whether Dumbo should be taken in. And in front of Dumbo, they actually gossip about him and they actually make fun of his ears. Um, and so Dumbo is looking for affection or another mother and the scene. And uh, he's, he's uh, deeply disappointed in the actions of the adults. So not only is there parental trauma, but there's, um, you know, a, the other adults, the other community members uh, do not step up to that. So what happens is that in every Disney movie, there's sort of a turning point. So there's a trauma, then there's an extended period of kind of being lost, uh, which you see in Dumbo and Bambi. And, um, and then there's this period of, oh, they find a few friends and then everything with their friends and adventure and fun. And, um, they, you know, they're an individual now. So individual, individualism eventually leads to uh, fun, adventure, and, you know, um, uh, companionship. So this is a, a really important theme, I think, that we need to talk about. So, when you, so, so the first thing is to understand this parental trauma and understand that the, the children are ingesting this. And it's very, very, uh, very, very highly effective on their brains. Uh, I've already said that, so I'm kind of repeating myself. Um, the other thing I would say is the next thing is that, um, you know, the, the adults that are in their lives. So Cinderella's mom, stepmom, uh, Sleeping Beauty's stepmom. Um, these adults that are left are unreliable. They're deceitful and they're wicked. Um, they're, uh, Sleeping Beauty's mother is concerned with her own beauty and her mirror. She's uh, obviously a, a witch. You know, she has a tool that allows her to see into the ghaib, to see the unseen, to see beyond her, her physical realm. And she's told that she's the most beautiful woman in the world. So she's focused on her beauty. Entangled, the witch that takes over, uh, you know, the, the Rapunzel girl, I can't remember her name, uh, is actually using her beauty and her youth in order for the mother, the, the witch, to stay youthful. Um, this is constantly, constantly going on. Um, um, the, the Dumbo moms, you know, they make fun of Dumbo for his ears. They don't see the quality in Dumbo uh, and, his, and his friends see it. So this, this uh, kind of brainwashing for the child is that, you know, when your, when your parents then yell at you or don't understand you or don't understand how bad your day went, 
you know, you kind of relate it to these Disney movies and say, well, the parents don't understand, my friends understand me. And so there's it becomes this uh, very, very slow and subtle brainwashing of Disney movies where parents let you down. Of course, we let our, we let our children down. We don't let them have the second cookie. We make them brush their teeth. We make them take baths. Uh, we make them go to bed early on time. You know, we force them to get up in the morning and get ready quickly, even when they want to linger. So when the when the when the children have this um, brainwashing in their brains that the, the the adults are deceitful, the adults are not understanding you, and you have your friends and people to rely on. It it, it creates quite a um, it creates quite a little bit of a madness. Um, and so um, I'm gonna go through my six points, and then I'm gonna you know just kind of comment. Um, about a couple of movies. So the other points that I would have to say is that, um, so I've, 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 I've talked about trauma of lost parents, um, moments of, ex so moments of extreme peril, death, torture, kidnapping, or punishment with no end. So this is very common in, in, in Disney movies. And Disney movies are getting sophisticated. So there's the Disney movies that I, claim are basically to the point of uh, Aladdin. Aladdin is kind of a, a breakthrough movie. You get through these Disney movies. And then after Aladdin, it gets a little more sophisticated. And we'll talk about Frozen. We'll talk about Moana. And we'll talk about Maleficent. Um, but but so, so trauma from lost parents is point one. Moments of extreme death, peril, torture, kidnapping, and punishment with no end. So um, Cinderella, you know, she was in a lost life with and she was going to experience basically punishment with no end um you know it wasn't going to end ever she was no way out of her thing so the punishment never fits the crime you know she's just a kid of course her stepmother loves her two daughters her two uh, other daughters more but the the punishment that cinderella has been relegated to doesn't fit the crime um death you know you saw in lion king you see that the father um is uh you know go he's trampled he's trampled to death by by he slips into the the canyon and he's trampled to death so the, so the child witnesses that um there's extreme uh times of torture where um entangled you know the witch loses it the the mother loses it when the girl talks about trying to leave um and these are very very harsh uh results from the parents so when you've lost the parent and then the other adults are deceitful and and harsh it's, it's a very big, big deal. The third point I would say as parents to really, really notice and have these points written so that you can follow up and talk to your children. You have to censor the movies anyway, but we'll talk about that at the end, but, but I'm going through my points, is that magic, sorcery, voodoo, fairy magic, witches, genies, spirits, nature spirits, demons, and temperatures. Um, this is a very, very common theme. And I watched a Christian video about this a long time ago, and they said that they listed all the Disney characters that used some form of magic. And it was a long list. It was more than 50 or 70 characters. I mean, I, I couldn't even read the list, but it was, it, they had actually gone through and created a PDF for it. And I looked at it. Um, so from the earliest, earliest uh, movie, uh, which was the first full feature film, Snow White, and the second full feature Snow film was Fanta Fantasia, both those films feature, uh, 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 you know, um, magic and sorcery. Um, so the mother of 
Snow, Snow White, we've already talked about that. But in Fantasia, you know, um, Mickey Mouse wants to be a warlock, but he wants to be a, tor a top, top notch warlock. He wants to be a, uh, a sorcerer. And so the whole movie is actually um, about this dream and these different actions of him trying to make, you know, he's trying, he has to mop the floor in the cellar. And so he's, he's playing with his wand. Again, this is the Hollywood wand. And he's saying abracadabra and there's music. And then the mops and the buckets of water kind of dance and they do the mopping for him. So he's taking care of his chores and he's trying to uh, bumble about and get better and better at doing this. Um, there's many, many cases. Of course, we know Aladdin, you know, has his, uh, has his genie. Uh, we know that um, uh, uh, in Moana, she has the nature spirit. You know, the ocean is a very scary place. Uh, her parents and her tribe and the king of her tribe, her father tells her, you know, we don't wander out into the ocean. But when she goes out into the ocean, her parents are proven wrong. And this wave, this friendly little wave, you know, is with her the whole time. And she's able to navigate the scary ocean because she has this wave as a friend. So again, she's, she's able to uh, have natural elements that work with her to make the danger go away. And this is against the advice of her parents. So again, the constant theme in Disney movies is that the parents are wrong. The parents are telling you they're, they're, they're unreasonably strict. They're strict for no reason. They're trying to hamper your individuality and your growth. Um, we could go on and on about voodoo. There's actually a new film that I've, I haven't seen yet. It's called Coco. And I think it's about the Brazilian Day of the Dead. Um, I haven't seen that um, yet. Um, but fairy magic is very common. There's fairy magic in Maleficent, the Angelina Jolie movie. Um, there's a lot of sorcery in different movies. Um, and of course, uh, the most uh, maniacal villain, I believe, is Ursula. She's in The Little Mermaid. And she's just a two-timing uh, octopus lady that's half woman, half octopus. Um, she has two eels. Each has one eye, which is also really interesting to listen to, is, is to watch that these eels have one eye each. And their one eye each makes them two-eyed. Um, and then they report things back to her. She can see through their eyes. And then she makes a deal. You know, uh, Basically, Little Mermaid makes a deal with the evil witch. So sorcery is the third point. So again, I've covered trauma. Moments of extreme death and peril from magic and sorcery. Uh, the next uh, thing I've talked about as well is, is to note is the lack of adult helpers, the lack of community, uh, the lack of a safety net, the lack of elders to go to to guide. Um, uh, there's no leaders uh, that are um, full of honor or tradition. Um, and even the leaders and the husbands and the fathers that are left, the, the widowers, um, they marry deceitful people. Who are unkind uh, and undependable. Uh, so this is a common theme. This is a common theme that you don't have any, once you lose your parents, you don't have anything to turn to other than your individualism and other than your friends. Uh, it's a very common theme. And you know, it's easy to show in, um, it's easy to show in animal movies because animals don't need shelter. They don't need churches and mosques. They don't need uh, money to go buy food and clothing. Animals are, you know, they just forage. So the Bambi movie, you know, he doesn't need a community of people. But in all the other movies, like, for instance, um, uh, you know, all the movies like Beauty and the Beast, you know, she has a simple father. She does chores in the village, but no one in the village actually engages her, you know. Um, and you see this theme again and again, that even if the girls are are there, they're, they're just not there. Even if the girls or the children are there, 
they're just not being engaged by the community. If anything, the community gossips about them or makes them do menial labor um, and just kind of they're cast outs. They don't have any community or any friends. And this is what leads uh, Belle out into the um, wilderness. And then she finds that her father's lost. You know, he's the only thing she has in the world. He's lost. She goes out in the wilderness and she discovers the, the, the castle of the beast um, after this huge, very, very scary traumatic scene in the forest. The forest comes alive and becomes very scary. Um, so the lack of adults, the lack of community, and you see it again and again. Um, in in uh, Little Mermaid, you see that um, her sisters can't really help her. They don't understand her. She's sort of the whimsical dreamer kind of thing, and all of them are kind of in line with the dad. They're afraid of the dad. His name is King Neptune. And, um, you know, uh, in Moana, you see that she um, wants to help save her island because they're running out of food. But even her father, the king, who's supposed to be wise, and her mother, you know, they just kind of hem and haw around the fact that the island is going to starve to death and they don't really have any solutions. So even her community, uh, the entire village that should be there to come up with solutions, you know, lies to her. They say, we don't go out in the ocean. And then she finds out that they lied to her, that the boats are there. Um, um, so it's, it's, it's a really interesting theme. Um, and I've covered this last, the second one, this other one, this is my fifth theme, is that freedom and happiness is found in the carefree, enchanted friends, spirits, adventure, and um, you can't have freedom and adventure without rebelling against adults, and not even just adults, but against kings. So this is a very common theme. We covered it already. Ariel, you know, she doesn't just go up against her father. She goes up against King Neptune. He's the king of all the oceans, right? And uh, not only is he, is he authority figure in her life, he's, he's the authority figure. Um, and he's basically, you know, uh, uh, a god. He's the god of the ocean. Um, <clears throat> so children, excuse me, are taught to, to do this again and again and again. In Moana, you know, she's such a little girl and she goes to her um, kind of senile, uh, spirited grandmother who's kind of, you know, into spirits. And she asks her father, you know, are you going to do anything about the food running out on the island? And he's like, no, you know, we can't do anything because we don't go out in the ocean. And she goes to the grandma and the grandma's like, you know what? They lied. They have boats that have gone out into the ocean. So she, she relies on these other characters because the adults are, um, she has to stand up to, she has to stand up to her father, the king, realize that he's a liar um, and realize that he's scared and he's not able to do anything. And then she takes matters into her own hands and she takes this boat out into the ocean. Um, she seals one of the boats that is there that he lied about that didn't exist. Um, so it's quite, quite disappointing for children to see this from the adult world. And uh, Disney is prevailing in these, in these constant messages. And the last point um, I'm going to make here, there's six points, um, is this very, very important one that I learned from Dr. Leonard Sachs. I read his book and my wife and I talked about it. And it's this thing that uh, you should write it down. It's called Disney teaches again and again and again and again the lessons of moral inversion. Disney teaches the lessons of moral inversion. Moral inversion is to do something moral means to do something good. But what they show is that if you do something moral, you're not doing it. But if you do something immoral, you go against your parents, you go against your king, you go against tradition, you go against the other adults, uh, you cast spells behind their back, you do all those things, it unlocks your life for you. So it teaches this lesson to break tradition, to break authority, and it 
To do what's not moral is right. That's why we call it inversion. It's taking the moral and inverting it into the wrong, and it's taking the immoral and inverting it into the right. Um, so again, I'll, I'll read my notes. Constant messages to succeed while doing what is morally wrong. A reward for rebelling against adults, parents, kings, the civilization of men. Um, the, uh, to go ahead and cast spells. To uh, engage in, 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 to engage in genies and other teachers and witches to learn, to get your learning from in order to cast those spells. Making deals with evil temperatures. Um, you know, uh, Ariel gives up her, her fins for legs so she can marry a man. Um, far against the, the wishes of her father. So again, making deals with temperatures. She kind of sells her soul to the devil. Running away, that's another big one. Moral aversion is not, not being with your family, sticking with your family, but running away and breaking free. So Elsa runs away from her family. Uh, she leaves her sister and her responsibilities, knowing that her kingdom will be frozen to death. Uh, but she leaves anyway. Um, um, was walking out and, uh, you know, even running away with silly friends. So in Aladdin, she's supposed to marry, um, Jasmine is supposed to marry a prince, <clears throat> but she runs away with a two-bit thief. Um, Elsa runs away with a, you know, a, a guy with nothing um, in, ta in Tangled. She runs away with a thief. And of course, one of the funniest characters in Tangled is the, the horse. Right. But she and the horse is kind of smarter than the, the guy she's with. But she runs away with a thief. Um, and, you know, uh, there's a song in Despicable Me. Um, you know, look at the title. It, the title itself is Despicable Me. Despicable Me. And the, the, there's a song and it says, doesn't it feel so good to be bad? It's the name of a song. Um, uh, moral inversion, there's a line from Elsa's song, which, you know, so many, so many girls have sang in pageants. Their parents film them and train them and everything like that. And her song title, and I wrote it down here, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lyric, and it says, Elsa sings, No right, no wrong, no rules for me, I'm free. No right, no wrong, no rules for me, I'm free. That's Elsa's keynote message in her most famous song in Frozen. Um, so I'm going to do a quick time check here. Um, I've been going for a little bit of a while. It's 10.34. I do want to take some questions from the back channel, but I want to talk about two movies. I want to talk about uh, the sophistication. You know, of course, we see Lion King, you know, he loses his father, and then he goes and runs away, and then Scar takes over, he comes back, and becomes the king that everybody needed to be. Those are kind of simpler stories. But now we're into some very, very serious stories. The two stories I want to talk about, number one is Ariel. Ariel is such a amazing movie because, you know, of the way that they show the deceit. Um, I talked about Moana as well, but Ariel is, is very interesting because, A, her, her, father is, um, her father is not just a king, he's a god. He's King Neptune. Um, number two, she, she, is, uh, she gets in contact with the world of men, which is highly, highly taboo. And then she falls in love with the man. She pines for the man. She's got sisters, but she has no father who, she has the father who doesn't understand her. So there's this uh, feeling of hers that, you know, she's not, she's, she's not understood. She's kind of the spirited girl. And this is what they're attacking. They're attacking the, the misunderstood child. It's like, oh, you know what? You, you stand out, you're special, but no one else sees it. And then what she does is she, she gets tempted by these eels who tell her, you know, there's someone that can help you. 
So she goes to Ursula, and Ursula basically says, "If you give me your voice, because the 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 man the 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 man who uh, she saved, the man that she interacted with, had heard her singing. So she has a beautiful voice. The guy remembers her voice, and so Ursula is two timing here. So she says, "Look, if you want to marry this man, you have to have legs, and if you give me, if I give you legs, then you have to give me your voice." So Ursula takes the thing from her that she has to use as her calling card to get this guy to marry her. So she makes a deal with this witch, and uh, the witch is really happy because a she can, she can make a deal with um, she can she can kill two birds with one stone. She can hurt King Neptune, who she hates, by taking away his youngest daughter, and 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 sending her to the world of men. And the other thing she can do is she can um, take uh, this girl's voice. And then go ahead and deceive the girl. So Ariel takes the deal. She gives up her voice. She gets legs, and she goes out and tries to meet with the man and try to make her see him. But she can't speak to him anymore. So now she's a deaf girl. Um, <clears throat> and what she does is what she finds out is that Ursula changes herself into a woman, and then uses Ariel's voice to tempt the man. And of course, he hears the beautiful voice that you know saved him, and he's marrying. And then, so all that Ariel did in giving up her voice and making a deal with this witch, is is for naught because then the witch goes ahead and marries the man. It's a a really interesting story, uh, because the witch is so deceitful on both sides, and it's teaching children to go ahead and, you know, make a deal with what you want for the short term and not look at your family, not look at your community. Just go ahead and do it. You know, it's it's a it's a huge sacrifice. And children are being taught to do this, right? To go to people that will help them gain the short-term dunya that they want. Um, and and the the last movie I want to talk about. I mean, I I have to say that Shaitan's tricks are not, uh, they're not a, a huge diverse number of tricks. He's a very it's very simple what Shaitan wants to do, but man, the sophistication within within the tricks is 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 blows you away. We have to give respect. To how sophisticated these movies have become, um, because like I said, there's there's the there's the jilted child and the Dumbo and the Bambi movies, and then you get past Aladdin and you get into Frozen, you get into Moana, which is about individualism, which is about girl power, and which is about really kind of attacking the patriarchy, but also creating these images. and And the most scary movie <clears throat> that I can think of that I watch, and I urge all adults to watch this movie with their spouses. So if you're parenting children together, you got to watch this movie. Actually, both movies together, uh, with just with your just as adults and discuss them because they're very powerful. And the movie is Maleficent. You know, you have this uh, beauty queen Angelina Jolie. She's dressed up as a black horned winged demon, and they take this person that looks like a demon. I mean, if if Angelina Jolie was parked on my street while I drove home in the middle of the night, I would probably have a heart attack. The way she looks, but yet the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, they completely flip your mind about this person. They make her seem like a、uh, sympathetic character. They make the men of the world and civilization of men seem evil,、uh, which is essentially the patriarchy.、Um, she's concerned about fairies. There's fairy magic in the movie, and、um, you know it, it's it's very very powerful. How can they take someone so scary visually to the eye? And、um, there's even times when don't they don't make Maleficent look scary but be charming. She's actually quite 
sharp and crude, and she's got one-liners. She's not an innocent person. She's very clever, and she's clever in what she's doing. But what, what's amazing about it is that um, she's still able to be a bad character. She's able to be a villain and a good character at the same time. And I think that that's what struck me as kind of the genius of what Disney is able to do now. Um, there's scenes of extreme violence. There's scenes of extreme deceit. In fact, she falls in love with a man. And uh, what he does is he, he cuts off her wings and takes them in the middle of the night. So she becomes this very sympathetic character that's been wronged by men. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a Christian blog that uh, this guy quoted. He said, uh, this Christian lady, her, her actual title was uh, Christian Mom. And she wrote in, in, the, uh, in the review of Maleficent on the website, she wrote, I always root for the good characters, but my gosh, I couldn't stop rooting for Maleficent who I know is, is scary and evil, but I just still couldn't stop doing it. Now that's, that's extreme, extreme power. Um, so I want to, I want to stop here and I want us to, you know, really, really be aware of, of this stuff. Um, I'm going to summarize my points one through six again, that you should talk to your kids about. Um, and you should practice like forwarding the film. If you're watching the film and you're about to see uh, lion, you're watching lion King and you're about to see, this boy watch his father get trampled and killed. You should just forward the whole scene to the point where he's, you know, he's walking away from his father's body. There's no reason for your children to sit there for five minutes and watch a boy watch his father be trampled and then to sit there and sob next to his father's dead body. There's no reason. There's no reason for you to let your children ingest that part of the drink. They can, you can forward it and you can start to the point where it's like, they don't need to be in those five minutes of emotional uh, trauma with, with the movie. Because the movie, the music, the manipulation, the scenes, the emotions that are coming from the boy, the, the little lion, your children are living those emotions while they're doing that. And that's the magic of Hollywood. We are also consuming magic. Um, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll re reiterate my scene, I'll reiterate my six points really quickly. And then we'll end and see if uh, Sister Zakia wants to take some questions. We'll bring questions up one at a time. And I think the room will end at um, 10, 11, 15 max. Um, I like to keep the rooms short. So again, I'll, point number one, trauma of lost parents and neglect from existing parents. Rigidity, strictness, and harsh, harshness and harsh tradition. So that's the world of the adults, right? Number two, moments of extreme peril, death, torture, kidnapping, punishment. Um, the movie Good Dinosaur, uh, don't watch it with your children. Don't let your children watch it. It's a terrible movie. The poor dinosaur is klutzy, and he's literally on the brink of death in more than half the scenes. He's just about to die. Uh, it's just peril the whole time. So that's point number two. Uh, and point number three, magic, sorcery, voodoo, fairy magic, witches, genies, spirits, nature spirits, demons, and temptresses. We talked about the ultimate temptress. We talked about... Um, Ursula in, in The Little Mermaid, um, you know, and we've got demons as well. There's demons in Fantasia. Um, and there's also, uh, the other thing I didn't want to show is there, there's hidden images. There's images of nudity, female nudity um, in flames. There's hidden images, there's, there's images uh, hidden in there. And if you want to see a specific image, you can see the image in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the high priest, the bishop of uh, the Notre Dame uh, you know, he's a high-ranking official in government. 
but he's a priest. He's a religious leader. He is fantasizing over Esmeralda, the gypsy girl, and he has a song called In Fire Desire, and he actually sees her naked body dancing in the flames of his fireplace. So magic sorcery is the third point. Uh, lack of adult helpers and community, safety net, or elders to guide. Um, any, any adult that's around is deceitful, unkind, or uh, undependable. That's point number four. Um, point number five, you know, after a period of trauma, there's freedom and happiness is found in your carefree, enchanted friends, spirits, genies, people that, you know, befriend you and, and are there for your journey, uh, petty thieves, like entangled. Um, and, you know, you have to rebel and go against adults and you're not, not only just adults, but kings and bishops and things like that. Um, and the last lesson, I think the number six is the lessons of moral inversion. Disney's constantly teaching moral inversion, meaning you have to rebel. You got to go out and, you know, cast a spirit. You got to run away. You got to uh, take matters into your own hands. You can't listen to what the adults are, are saying. They're lying to you. They're deceitful. They're strict for no reason. Um, so those are my six points. Um, and uh, I'll end there. Jazakallah khair for um, listening. And uh, inshallah, the, the hope here is that um, I talked to my I talked to my children with this. Um, we have a village that supported and raised our children called Elm Tree, and um, you know I'm fascinated by this stuff. So I talk to the children about this stuff, and this is just experiential. I'm not a teacher or a sheikh. It just seems to have been working for me and my children because I took them in the trust and I talked to them about these things as I did. And uh, what I would say is that if you have a 13 year old, a seven year old, and a four year old, you know you talk to them very differently. And uh, each elder age should be put in your confidence that, so that they'll trust you and they'll come to you. And um, they understand this brainwashing. And then you can see the world through, they can see the world through Muslim eyes and they can see that their community is dependable. So what I would say is when a parent dies in a movie, you tell your child, you know, you know what, if something happened to me, uncle so-and-so and auntie so-and-so would take care of you for the rest of your life. No one would leave you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not leave you without community. So this is how we counteract uh, what our children are consuming that may be traumatic for them. And if they're watching something traumatic like that, you know, talk to them, have a good dinner. Don't let them go to bed scared. Uh, be in their bed with them. Sleep with them. Make sure you're there for them. Because you've got to counteract this negative imagery that they just ingested. And may Allah protect us. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shadun la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tawwa ilayk. Jazakallah khair. Uh, Sister Zakia, do you have any comments? I'll, I'll mute the mic and give it to you. Jazakallah khair, brother Ismet. Um, I totally agree with you.